Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Oh, we are live. I forgot to play the intro. Welcome to Scoreboard X Podcast. This guy, man, he has a kid. We promise we're professional. <laughs> Catches us with our, our pants down. TJ doesn't even have pants on, I don't think. <laughs> we have an excited show for you today. We're going to talk Yankees, uh, uh, Giants, Jets, and Nick and TJ are going to talk about how Mike Westoff taught them how special teams should be done. Hold on a second. I just can't live like this. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Nah, 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 nah. Cheers. 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 You can't see me, but I'm lifting up a beer. Oh, sh- shout out to uh, my cousin Brian and uh, his lovely wife, Courtney, welcoming their third baby boy into the world, Rowan Mullins. Big Can shout out. Absolutely. <laughs> Everybody's having babies. What's going on, Nick? I specifically asked him to name his child Nick, and he didn't. Well, he and wanted his kid to have a future. I mean, come on. I'm back. That's good. <laughs> I'm, I'm very successful, man. I'm not dancing up and down. I know, right. and that we, we're, we're still trying to figure out what happened, where the fall-off happened. <laughs> the apple fell off the tree and got kicked. Speaking of dads. Booted. TJ and I talking about dads and, and, and NFL week two. Uh, TJ and I spent a uh, week two with our dads. and Absolutely. Coach- Coach Mike Westoff, who's the father of teams, and uh, let's talk. T, talk talk to me about that because I'm not. I don't know about the father. I'm thinking the Godfather of special teams. I mean, when he invited us to sit down and watch the game with him, like I, I was waiting for him to pull out his hand, and I was gonna have to kiss a pinky ring because I mean, what an epic moment! And then just to hang out with the guy and watch a Jets game and have him break it down for us, and then after the Jets pull off that awesome. Uh, onside kick, or rather, uh, uh, not onside kick, um, yeah, fake punt. Kick. Well, the fake punt first. The fake punt, yeah. The fake punt first, and then the onside kick. And then I, I asked him, like, you know, is that uh, out of necessity, or is, did the defense show them something that they could pull it off? And he literally 
busted out a napkin, drew us a, that that play, and explained to us like this is this is how they had their defense set up. So they pretty yeah, much invited point. it over. He's like, oh, I I would have had I would have had my jammers like right there. That that's a dead player with my my special teams. Dude, I mean, and then to watch that awesome Jets win with them and, and celebrate, and with the uh, the Jets lounge guys, the sack exchange, you know, all those dudes, awesome people. It was an awesome time. Lobo Loco, we ordered literally. I think uh, we might have eaten all the wings in Lobo Loco. <laughs> it, was a, it was a plate of sixty-two wings. They, it, dude, they served it on a pizza tray. On something that you'd you'd bring out at, at like Lee's Tavern to to hold your pie, and it's like, nah, we're just gonna load this up with wings. We're gonna make a tower of wings. Lee's Tavern is more like hold your cracker. Listen, don't you dare fucking gross ever talk I, bad about Lee's. I just did. It's trash. All right, it's a Lunchables fucking pizza, no crust. You're a Lunchables pizza. I might be. Um, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> Shout out to the Jet Lounge, uh, Sack Exchange, um, Justin, uh, Anthony, great dudes, yep. um, everybody else over at, at uh, Jet Lounge, and and we had a great time. And honestly, we went there kind of like not knowing what to expect. Um, we figured we'd get to talk to Coach. I mean, we talked to Coach a few times at this point. Uh, he's been on the show twice already. We spent about yeah. three and a half hours, four hours talking to him Uh Three are recorded, but you know we we've had some long, long conversations with Coach prior to the show or after the show. Um, yeah, so we've definitely talked to Coach for a bit, but actually finally meeting him face to face. I mean, I mean we're little fish in this large pond of sports entertainment, and uh, I didn't expect him to remember us all that well. But he saw us and immediately was like, "I know you guys." Probably couldn't remember <laughs> our names because we're like one of hundreds of faces or two of hundreds of faces that he comes across on a regular basis. But he knew our faces. Like he saw our faces and was like, I know you guys. Hey, what's going on? Yeah. We've been haunting him <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. But, uh, but yeah, we bought his book, the hard copy. We obviously did the audio book and it was freaking awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you know, about halftime, we're sitting down watching the game. The first half with our pops, uh, TJ brought his dad. I brought my dad. Yeah. And, uh, we're uh we're and about halftime. I got up to just ask coach about that punt, about that fake punt. Like, hey, mm-hmm. well, you know, what do you think about special teams so far? And I'm talking to him and I'm squatting down because I don't want him looking up at me. You know, he's sitting down with his friend Chris, uh, who's a former scout and defensive uh, assistant. Another awesome guy. Yeah, another great guy. Um, and uh, TJ comes over and he looks at us and he goes, guys, sit down. Sit down. Get a good angle on the TV. TJ takes Chris's seat. <laughs> the opportunity was there, dude. He didn't know it was dude. Chris's seat. Co- Listen, I, I did not, but Coach drew a play. He pointed at the hole in the defense, and I, <laughs> I went running. <laughs> but uh, but Coach invited us to sit down. We sat down we, with the whole, for a whole half of football. Um, yeah. We should have taken I that actually nap. got up at one point to just go acknowledge our fathers because I, I felt bad, like, ditching them. Not that, you know, they cared at all. They were having a grand old time BSing and whatnot. And uh, when I went over there, the Jets started driving it in first down after first down, and I'm like, I can't leave now. I got to stand here with you guys. <laughs> so my dad's retired and your dad is retired. I think we should leave them at, like, daddy daycare with one another because they really enjoyed each other's company. Listen, we figured out that the, uh, the Doyles and the Velasquez's are always supposed to be fucking – you know, boys, we're, our families were always connected. Apparently, uh, 
my uncle and Nick's father served in Desert Storm, same place, same time. Um, and the way your father was saying it, he, he's like, your uncle had to be one of 20 people that were deployed at that time. He yeah. goes, like, it, the rarity in the, in that is insane. So ju- just so just for that to happen, and then my father was showing me the text between my uncle. He took a picture of your dad. He goes, I don't remember them allowing people that old in the, in the Marines. And your dad was just like, it was fucking 30-something years ago, idiot. Listen, the Doyles have jokes. But, That's uh, all we got, but <laughs> we got them. What an amazing day. It was awesome. To awesome, be man. With Jets fans. Always good to be with fans, right? I mean, Dude, got to share that with Coach Westolf. We got to share it with fellow Jeff fans, okay, oh, yeah. people that we follow on Twitter and are very influential in our Twitter experience as far as Jeff fans. Got to spend a day with our fathers. And the Jets win in, uh, I would say, a heroic fashion. So, uh, well, 21 years. Dude, what a game. What a game. What a day. Uh, got, got book signed. Got a little piece of history. Uh, if you guys haven't checked it out already, if you're a sports fan, um, if you're a Jet fan, if you're a coach, whether, whether it's, you know, peewee football, high school football, even college football, I, I very much suggest you check out uh, – Coach Westo's book, figure it out. Uh, awesome read. I we both, uh, you know, you know, will die on the hill of definitely get the audio book and let Coach read it to you himself because it's like having a conversation with an old friend. Uh, absolutely awesome. Great way to commute to work, in my opinion. I mean, it kept me busy, so I actually look forward to getting stuck stuck in traffic. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, uh and and one thing I do, I we both agreed about this. T one thing I wanted to rehash is, I'm sorry, but coach needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Hundred percent. You know what? You can't change the way the game is played. You can't change the way, uh, essentially, uh, a forgotten, I guess, aspect of the game, a game that's often overlooked before Coach Westoff took control and started doing these crazy plays and just setting up in a way. And then, obviously, the 08, 09 Jets, just, I mean, the amount of friggin' uh, kick and punt returns and, and who you had out there, like Leon Washington, I mean, they revolutionized the game so much so that they had to uh, – they had, they had to literally change some of the rules and, and make the, the game, I guess, a little more boring, which is bullshit. And even Coach agreed that, like, they, they kind of killed it. They they essentially made that part of the game less exciting. But even still, I mean, what you get out of special teams, it, that doesn't come by accident. That's not – it's all well drawn up. It's practiced nonstop. You can't just go out there and pull off a fake punt. You can't just go out there and pull off an onside kick. Dude, when he set up that ball for the onside kick on its side, just send it spinning. Like that, the perfection that's in that. I couldn't do that by accident, even on a bad punt or a bad kickoff. I did not think he was going to the left. When was the last time you saw them kick an onside kick to the left? Yeah, dude. I, I, I mean, they. I, and again, they ruined the whole pop it up in the air because you know the defense has to play the ball first, which is a joke. Uh, Coach Westhoff was letting us know that uh, the NFL actually reached out to him about some rules and, and what he thought, and he told him straight out that he thinks that the ball should only have to travel five yards and both teams should have to, you know, make a mad dash between, you know, coming from each way, five yards one way, five five yards the other way, and, and make it more exciting. And I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, can you imagine that? But, again, that goes against their safety, and you have huge men running at each other full speed, but – the last time I checked, it's a sport, and you want to see guys at the peak of performance. 
attacking each other for the ball. I mean, is that not what the point is? Is that not the purpose? Well, I, listen, that Jets comeback was one for the ages. I mean, that was incredible. Be down 13 with less than two minutes to go. Flacco leads them down. They get the onside kick, and then they, they get the touchdown again. Garrett Wilson, is he your new favorite uh, Jet, Nick? I feel like you were big on Garrett Wilson being drafted, and he had a pretty big game this week. Is he my new favorite Jet? No. Honestly, I think my favorite Jet is Sauce Gardner right now. Mm. Somewhere between Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. I'm a, I'm a defense guy, so uh, Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. I'm wearing, I'm wearing a, a throwback Deion Sanders Florida State jersey. So maybe Jermaine Johnson when he kicks it into next year because he's got at least half a sack already on the season. Uh, so you, you, you already called him Sauce then. You're giving him his Sauce back instead of uh, – Ahmad- I, I mean, listen, the first two games that he's played, Ahmad Gardner has been lights out. Absolutely. Yeah, dude. Uh, our soft spot of our defense right now is our safeties. Um, nothing, nothing you can do about that right now. They, they are who they are, and that's it. Unless you trade for somebody um, like uh, Bates from the Bengals, which I don't think that's going to happen. Never. Uh, then, then that's what it is. It, it is who it is, and that's who they are, and that's what they got. Um, so you got another. All another I know is they called. They called me crazy when I said Jets plus six and a half. No one called you crazy. Oh, dude. <laughs> I was feeling crazy on that pick. It was just, how do you not? How do you not? Is that how do you not on that situation? So I'm going to presume that's Andrew. What's that? From Divots and Pivots? Yeah, I think it's Andrew. He said, uh, look, I look at the Andrew. Rook right now, and the jingle of Real Men of Genius keeps popping in my head with that baby carrier on. I so Rook's, like, ro- Rook's rocking the baby Bjorn right now. Ooh. I'm hold like, on, hold on. Let me uh, like let me throw in an echo. Let's let's do a real men of genius situation right here. Hold on. I'm like I'm like Vince Vaughn in old school. He's like earmuffs. You can say anything you want. Shit, piss, fuck, fuck, chick, <laughs> balls, cock, balls. All right, I'm making a point, Frank. You don't got to celebrate it. Andrew said, yeah. Andrew said, yes, it is him. Hey. And, and then Matt said, finally, the rook has come back. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for the warm welcome, guys. I appreciate it. It's been a while. To be I, here. I forgot who you were. I know. You're like the drummer from Ari. You're like the drummer from Ario Speedwagon. Nobody knows you. Is, Is this too echoey? echoey? She's oh, on my right chest yeah. right now because I got, I got the feeding duty at ten o'clock, so I'll be feeding the baby during this. Why I keep going out with the pitcher? <laughs> duty. Uh, Here we go. So, hold on, hold on. Here we go, Rook. Real man of genius, Mister Mr. Baby Bjorn Wera. <laughs> baby Bjorn. Bjorn. Here's to you. It's man who has to get on a podcast with his children. And drink a beer. Soft J. Like y- it's a soft J like yogging. Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Whatever. Who gives a shit? It, it's foreign. I'm allowed to misspell it or mi- mispronounce it. I really couldn't care less. Okay. Isn't that a Scandinavian ha- singer, Bjorn? She's a singer. Yeah, she's a singer too. Isn't she? She's crazy, right? Isn't that the one like was going nuts? Yeah, I think she's a little nuts. She's a little crazy. Like, didn't she like uh, get, have a situation at the airport or something like that? Went crazy at LAX. Was like attacking a photographer. I didn't hear that, but I wouldn't put it past her. Allegedly, then we'll throw the allegedly, allegedly. out there. Allegedly, yeah, throw the allegedly out there. <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, great game from went- Flacco. After after TJ absolutely destroyed Flacco last week, he comes back well deserved football and stuffs it in TJ's mouth. Along with Did another he say after the game, something like, "I don't, I don't lose in Cleveland." He said something like that. I think that was every Jets fan that was hoping they would win. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah, that's like, I mean, the only pe- person that could uh, sit here and say, 
I don't lose any place. It, it's it's obviously uh, the Packers yeah. and and the Bears. I mean, it, too. who's your daddy? Continues. <laughs> he's like a he's like the Pedro. Uh, I'm sorry, the Yankees to Pedro Martinez is Aaron Rodgers to the Bears. Yeah, who's my daddy? But unbelievable. Uh, or my daddy. But, Aaron Rodgers plays a great game. Uh, Garrett Wilson, incredible game. First receiver in Jets history to have uh, two touchdowns and over 100 yards in his first two games. Uh, and uh, he gets the game winner. You know, he gets the game winner. Um, Brees Hall, 7.1 yards per carry. But didn't but didn't break 100, which kind of sucked. Just because I wanted him to. You know, we, we haven't really had that in a while. It's funny too because the uh, the Jets defense didn't play as good as they played Week One, which was surprising. Yeah. I not that they played bad, but they were definitely more vulnerable in this game, and they allowed Cleveland a lot more yards than I thought they were going to allow them to, uh, you know, gain, especially in the air, uh, which was surprising to me. Which was, I, I mean, essentially why, other than going to the game and being able to watch it with you and your father, my dad, and Coach Westoff, obviously picking that just you know luck of the draw. Might as well, you know, enjoy the situation, and if they win, get a get a win on my bet as well. But I, I really thought that um, their de- the Jets' defense was going to hold uh, Cleveland, you know, to a lot less yards, especially in the air. And Cleveland definitely exposed them a little bit. But you know, we saw what happened. The Jets were able to battle back. Um, got a little lucky on that uh, that touchdown to bring them uh, within six. I mean, just a total blown coverage over the top. I just nobody there. Like it, it looked like Cleveland's gonna Cleveland. Yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> it, it's it, it's literally like, hey, did, did we have eleven out there? Did somebody forget to go on the field because there was nobody the over there? If you're the defensive coordinator, you're definitely looking at that that play over again and counting immediately. Like one, two, yeah. Three, what the hell? It, it was just nobody that dude. Like, hey, n- nobody wants to cover him. Oh, okay, cool. No yeah, problem. You that practice. Listen, that's what would happen if they play too much zone. Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. He played too much zone. That cornerback let him go, thinking he had the safety back there covering that corner, and he did not have him. The safety was sitting there. Playing Nobody was home. Field, sitting there playing center field, and it, it was just a a lob pass. Not even like a I'm going to hit him in stride kind of pass. It was Nothing, like, dude. Not a, he was just a – got time to stop, catch the ball, and then jog. Excuse me, yeah, jog. dude. That might have been one of the easiest – what was that, like a 60-yard TD? Yeah, it was. It was a 60-yard pass. Like, I think it was like 35 yards in the air or something like that, 40 yards in the air. And he caught it, like, standing still damn near. He, he yeah. caught it, like, make, doing, like, a two-step and then and then yogged the rest of the way into the into the end zone. Like, <laughs> wild. And and Nick Chubb scoring, he should, he, if he falls down, they lose. Like, if yeah. he doesn't score right yeah. there, they, they, the, the Jets lose. Yeah, absolutely. He did us a favor. Thank you, Nick Chubb. <laughs> we appreciate it. You gave me a Chubb by letting us win. Appreciate it. We'll have staff. Any, uh, any other comments about the win? I mean, it's a huge comeback win, but uh, I, I honestly said all awesome. it needs to be said. I mean, you know, we were talking to coach. We were talking to coach, and I asked coach, like, "Are you still are you Steelers fan?" And he's like, "Nah, couldn't. I couldn't work over there." So I was kind of asking him, like, "Do you lose being a fan when you get a professional?" He's like, "No, because I'm still a Jets fan, but I'm not a Miami fan." <laughs> I'm like, do you kind of like limit your fandom to who you could work for? Cause you know, the guys that are involved, he's like, not really. Like, I guess it's kind of like I, I became a Jets fan because I enjoyed my time there so much that I'm like, 
attached to it. And I, listen, he, you, like, he definitely embraced the New York atmosphere, right? I mean, we were there, and he was when they won. He's a little subdued, like he wasn't going crazy. Obviously, how many wins has he seen in his career? Yeah, but he did get a little fist pump, a little like let's go, you know, see a seventy-four-year-old man get fired up like that. Dude, talk about seventy-four-year-old man. His high fives were crisp. Okay, oh, yeah. real crisp. <laughs> oh yeah. How was the uh, Jets line? Obviously, I don't know if you guys spoke about it already, but I got up for a little bit. But uh, was it like fired up when that comeback happened? Like how crazy? Was oh it? my like, god! Yeah. Well, the place um, went bananas. Yeah. Justin, Justin posted the video. Let me see if I can pull up the video. You get the of, video of the win. But while and, you uh, get that video up, because I don't want to waste uh, you know dead air. Let's let's start moving into week two. Other big stories. I mean, Miami coming back against the Ravens. That game was insane. Yep. Two or three, six touchdowns. Uh, they scored late too to get that win. I I couldn't believe that they that the Ravens blew that. Then you also have the Raiders and the Cardinals. The Cardinals they were trailing by like twenty something points. Mm-hmm. And they came back and won that game in overtime too. So two huge comebacks by kind of like two quarterbacks that are kind of on the hot seat. Like everyone thinks two has no arm. We think he can't really throw the ball. He comes back those six touchdowns, and you have Kyle Murray who got that huge contract. And everyone's thinking, you know, he's 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 got a little fire on the receipt if they're going to go start zero two. Uh, and they end up getting the win out of that. So um, I know it was pretty pretty crazy comebacks again. Another wild week in the NFL. You know what was great with the Kyler Murray thing? Somebody said that that Kyler Murray, when he runs with the ball, looks like a child who's stole yeah. his parents' cell phone and they're trying to get away. And I'll be yeah. goddamned if that ain't the truth. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know what? I was actually surprised that the uh, the Cowboys winning against the Bengals. I mean, again, I think it further cements my you know maybe shitty opinion that. Dak is not a, the guy. Dak is not – he's nothing – you can't hang your hat on him as a quarterback. And as much as Dallas fans want to pump him up, hey, dude, it's I, I would take a Tony Romo out of the booth running plays because at least he understands what, where you're going with the ball. But clearly the Cowboys can win without him. I don't think they can win with him. So I, maybe a little drama in yeah, Bengals, uh, Dallas land. Bengals offensive line is complete trash, though. Like it is yes, really bad. But you but listen, did everybody thought the Bengals were winning that game? Backup quarterback in Dallas after week one, what you saw out of Dallas is uh especially yeah, and they lose their QB. Right. It, I understand that. Yeah, but you know what? Still, even though it was against the Bucks, we, we, you, what what did you see out of out of that offense mostly field no, goals. A, no, I wasn't. I wasn't saying because it was the Bucks. I'm just saying I was just naming who they played, and they just got three points. I mean, their offense was fucking putrid. Yeah, uh, and it, well, I mean, Dak was playing before he got hurt, and he still was playing like shit. I mean, yeah, the Cowboys are always like those pretenders team. You know, they put too much money into one guy. Like Zeke Elliott gets paid way too much money. There's way too much of that salary cap, and he does not perform like he was the Zeke Elliott of old. You know. Nope. And then offensive line, all those offensive linemen. At one point, they were so good. They had DeMarco Murray, and DeMarco Murray was awesome. He left. He got a huge contract with the Eagles. And then you have Zeke Elliott comes in. They draft him. He has two couple amazing years. And that offensive line, they just get rid of it because they can't afford to keep him. And now they're just struggling again with the offensive line. And they're not yeah. as good. And, and listen, I mean, the Cowboys, that win against the Bengals was – I mean, the defense is really good that game. I mean, the offensive line of the Bengals is shitty too, but – I mean, Cooper Rush isn't, you know, one thing's obviously the backup quarterback. Oh, the backup quarterback comes in, you just think, you know, the team's going to roll over and their their season's done. But he he was he filled in last year for Dak too, and Dak got hurt. He was serviceable. I'm not saying yeah. he's the greatest thing ever, but he could play. Right. Yeah, I think um, that game was surprising. I think the the 
the Commanders Lions game was a tremendous game. Yeah, absolutely tremendous game, back and forth all the way. That game was nuts. Um, the the Geno Smith and the Seahawks did what Geno Smith does, and there was a complete. Wait, sorry, go ahead. But that game has a big storyline too. I was going to say a complete fall off. Uh, the Falcons trying to pretend like they're the Falcons of old and, and and play spoiler to the the Rams and they kept it really close, man, down to the wire. So that that was a nuts game uh, for me. Uh, Bucks finally beat the Saints and, and get that stigma off that uh, you know that the Saints have Tom Brady's number and the Bucks yeah. number. That was good that was to see the Colts too. get blown out. Yes, it was low scoring. Colts get blown out. Just go back to the Niners game, Niners Seahawks. The big story mm-hmm. there was Trey Lance is done for the year. And That's Jimmy insane. G, Jimmy G comes in and good thing they didn't trade him. Uh, so and he uh, he wins. He, he I think the team likes him. I think the players like him. So but me and my brother in law were having a conversation about this. Yeah. If Jimmy G goes the rest of the year, brings him in, in, into the playoffs, let's say right, at least keeps a winning record. I think I really think the they have no choice but to try to just offload him somewhere else and let him go start somewhere else because either that or you're just going to allow drama and people to always compare Jimmy G to Trey Lance and you're just going to have your 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 you know new quarterback the future of your franchise essentially is what you think he's going to be always have to play second fiddle to him because I mean Garoppolo comes in and just is a master of that offense and hasn't lost a step at all. He should not be a backup. He should be starting on about 20, 20 out of the, what, 30-something teams, 32 teams in this league. He should be a starter on. And they they said they were crazy to pay him all that money to be a backup. And obviously, they're not that crazy because he's there. Trey Lance is injured for the, the you know, the year. And now you got to rest your, your you got to, you know, pretty much put all your trust in Jimmy G to lead you to possible playoffs. And I think, who better? I don't think there's another backup in the league that's as good because he should not be a backup. And again, yeah, if I, I really think if they don't offload him in the offseason or trade him or do something, they're going to have nothing but problems with the fan base just saying, get Lance out of here. The second he stumbles, the second he has a bad game, the second they lose a game that they should win, they're always going to compare him to Garoppolo, knowing that Garoppolo, Garoppolo can step in and perform at a high level. I think they have a problem there with that. Well, that's that's the same thing. I mean, we're Jets fans. We saw that when they brought Tebow into New York, and they had uneducated, foolish Jets fans saying, "Sit down, Mark Sanchez, play Tebow," as if that was going to make anything good happen in 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 green and white. Like, so right. sort of that controversy is always have, a bad thing. I mean, so I have one. I have one comment about the Jimmy G thing is that well, he only ha- he only has one year contract, so he's unrestricted free agent next year. So you won't have oh, that he is okay next year. So but they're going to have to. They're going to have to let him go. No, Regardless of what go. he does, I mean, they're they're going to have to. It's the Nick Foles situation. But I I think the Eagles yeah. fucked that up. I believe in Carson Wentz because Nick Foles was clearly the guy. Well, the problem is too is that Trey Lance. They invested three. What was it? I think they got three first round picks for him or something like ridiculous. Or three draft nope. picks. I don't know if it's three first round. But they invested a lot to get Trey Lance. That's why Trey Lance was starting this year, even though Jimmy G probably was a guy who probably should have started. What's that? Yeah. What do you say? It's because they traded up. They traded up. Yeah, they traded up, and that they got to play him. He didn't play last year. They got to play him this year, right? Was he? No, one hundred percent. But it, was, it, this is the problem. Year. Yeah, he took last year. Yeah, he so, he he brings you into the playoff. He makes a playoff run with the Niners. 
You think you think the half the fan base at least isn't going to be sitting there saying uh, it's still not Trey Lance time. Sorry, but it's not. Yeah. You traded up for him. He's not the guy yet. Well, so unless well, he has got- some kind of amazing, you know, uh, preseason, you're always going to have. So they're stuck. They're they, depending on how far this team goes this year. You got to almost as a fan hope for the betterment of your franchise that they don't make the playoffs and they let you know Garoppolo go somewhere else because. Well- well, we have obviously they're right high now. on Trey Lance. We have that in, in New York right now, right? I saw, I saw what's his name, Joe Benigno, saying Joe Benigno? Uh, if uh, if uh, if Flacco continues to play well, then oh, sit Zach Wilson and and let Flacco play for the whole year. No you know, chance. He's, he's a smart guy, right? He's on the radio, so he's got to be somewhat smart. He's, he's retired. He's not on the radio anymore. He's got a podcast yeah, like just for good reason. Him and Mike yeah. Francesa can go be in the old folks' home. He's together. got a, he's got a podcast like us. He's as carnivals as we are. We but, are very uh, not very. I did find that video. Uh, I did find the video of uh, of El Lobo Loco and and the jet lounge going crazy. Uh, credit to uh, Justin for Ocho, his video. So that's uh that's that's uh, El Lobo Loco with all the Jets fans there. <laughs> this is the game winner right here. Nick, where are you? I'm sitting by coach. Watch. They'll, they'll sh- out. You'll see me. There goes sack exchange right there. He just passed by. Oh, yeah, that's me right there. And there goes coach. Coach got a smile on his face, man. Oh, I'll be right back. <laughs> and the baby's excited. The baby's <laughs> going to be a Jeff fan and break Rook's heart. I I hope that would be great. Absolutely, that would be, that would be phenomenal. I can't wait. Gotta to get that. I want to talk, talk about his New York Football Giants. Not to be confused with the New York Baseball Giants. Far better at their sport than the New York Football Giants. <laughs> um, but uh, in, in other news, um. OBJ in conversations to go back to possibly the the Rams, the Giants, and I, I think there was a third team. I, I can't recall who they were at the moment. Um, but uh, mm. OBJ in in the news, obviously he's a free agent out there. A lot of visits this week. Blake Martinez from the Giants visits with the uh, Baltimore Ravens, trying to get a job over there. What do you, do you think about that? See, that's a little weird, isn't it? Like, uh, like it's in the middle of the season. You would think that if you were going to get hired, like you get cut. After the summer, you'd think you'd get picked up by somebody almost immediately, right? I don't you know what I, that many plays like that where guys sat out for two weeks and then got picked up. No, but I, I understand the concept of figuring out, you know, where somebody like that would fit in, and you know, if you have holes or, or not. Um, I, I don't mind it, especially if they're out there and it doesn't seem like anybody else is picking them up or chomping at the bit yet. So it definitely gives teams the option to explore what they have in their team. And if they think they're they're sitting there with a hole somewhere and there's guys out there uh, two weeks in just sitting in free agency waiting to get picked up, why not? Do you think that that's like a red flag when nobody picks you up immediately? I think it says that you are not somebody that a team wants to take in and disrupt 
who they're trying to put in that position or, you know, uh, essentially who they think they see themselves going forward with and are, are happy with. But I think that having the option is never a bad thing. And having somebody that you could, especially, you know, at that caliber of player. Um, but I, I do, is it suspect? Sure. It's a little weird. You would think that, you know, nobody, especially those guys wouldn't be sitting there waiting. I like, I so. like Blake Martinez, honestly. I'm biased because I, I always like seeing Spanish people playing football. We're never given a chance to do shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but even OBJ, too. I mean, it's it's one of those things where can well, he have a team? Sure. He's coming off an injury. Right, but it, it's still he's still a player that can help a team. He's still oh, a player absolutely. that can – you know what yeah, I mean? He's, he's last year. I like Blake Martinez a lot. I actually surprised the Giants cut him. Um, but I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's a red flag. I think just maybe teams didn't have a need for him at that point. I think you know injuries happen in the NFL. Eventually, it's gonna you're gonna get your shot eventually. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's I think he's come back for injuries. So maybe people people want to stay away from it first. But I think eventually uh, he's gonna land somewhere. I think. Is, is it Lake Martinez coming back from an injury? Yeah, he is. That's what I'm saying. He's come back from an injury. Oh, okay. That's why. That's why I've been why they waited two weeks. Like you know, uh, bring him in somewhere. You say he's going with the Packers though? No, no. He's got a inner. He's he's going in with the Ravens this week. Oh, Ravens. Okay, sorry. But I don't know that he's signing anything, but they brought him in for an interview. Hey, even if he's a practice squad and eventually put him to active roster, that happens as well all the time in the NFL. So I think but if he, he gets picked up, he's going to be active. List for a few weeks. What's that? Sorry, you both spoke at the same time. I said I, he I did get signed and uh, end up on the pup list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I saying I think, I think once he gets signed, I think he's going straight in. I think you, you throw him active right away. Yeah, I mean – yeah, I would think if you have the need to bring it exactly. up, somebody got injured, you have to. No one's that. picking him up unless they have a need uh, for him to come in right away. Not to say that he, you know, you let him settle in, figure out the playbook and stuff like that. But as a professional, it's it's not that difficult. Let's well, game's over. Um, this is what these guys do. <laughs> I was gonna say we we forgot we forgot to talk about the uh, Bills are just dominating everybody. The Rams week one and now uh, who is it the um, the Titans? The Titans aren't that great, so. No, too much way, they made them good. The only thing they have left is Henry, and it's yeah. like, who gives a shit? This isn't a running league anymore. Yeah, he can't run over everybody all the time. Hold on, I'll be right back. Um, and and then and then uh, who's the who's the wide receiver they brought in to play uh to replace AJ Brown after they traded away AJ Brown? Uh, they drafted somebody pretty high actually, and uh, ultimately, I, I just I don't think that was a. a I didn't think that that was a big, a big enough of an addition um, uh, to to make up the difference between AJ Brown losing Corey Davis, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's it's I just didn't think that was enough, and and I think there's a video actually of draft day when they actually um they actually trade away AJ Brown and they show Mike Vrabel and he's like shaking his head like. You traded away my best fucking player, assholes. Right. Yeah, Traylon Burks is, is the guy that they drafted. And I mean, I'm not saying he can't be good. I'm saying is it's a lot to ask a rookie to be a pro bowler in his first season. No. And especially yeah. if you're looking at that offense, really the only real offensive weapon outside of their running back in, in a in a throwing league. Like this isn't like this isn't nineteen ninety-nine. Yeah, and no one's really terrified of Ryan Ryan Tannehill to make plays. Especially when he has no receivers either, like no one's gonna be scared. Your whole your whole defensive scheme is gonna be to take. Even out if Burks is great, he's got one receiver. One receiver. That's it. I, know, I agree with you. I just yeah. I, I think the Titans are they're 
Oh, and two. But speaking of the AFC South, this is the big, big story. AFC South sucks so bad. Don't even bring it up because it's not even worth talking about. No, I only have one thing to say is that the Colts cannot play in Jacksonville. It's the funniest thing ever. I think they're like 0 and 8. So I told TJ this stat, or I think I texted both of you guys this stat. The last time the Jags got a shutout against a team was against the Colts in Jacksonville. The last time the Colts were shut out by a team was in Jacksonville. So they just they just can't play there. I think it's hilarious. Jacksonville it's the smelly Florida water, bro. It's, it's yeah, the- Jacksonville is like the Cuba of fucking Florida. <laughs> like you go to Jacksonville and you see cars from 1954 and you're like, where did I go? Like, how did Dude. I? Why are the houses painted weird colors? <laughs> I found out that the people in Jacksonville paint their houses pink and blue and lime green so that you're not, it's like bright, vibrant colors. So you're not, you don't feel as bad about them being dirt poor. You try to confuse people like, oh, am I in Bermuda all of a sudden? I see all these right. pastels. Yeah. It's like, no, no, I'm not. I live in Jacksonville for a year and trust me, it does not look like that. It looks shitty. Yeah, <laughs> the shittier. only place that's nice in that area is the downtown area. That's it. Downtown area is nice, but it's also very dangerous. That's that's about it. The downtown area is like 2021. Everything outside of downtown is 1952. Cuba. Well, the cool the cool part about Jacksonville it's such a long it's such a big city actually like land like land area wise that um like parts of Jacksonville you don't realize are part of Jacksonville like Pontre Vedra, which is why where the um the Players Championship is playing like that area it's super nice it's very uh, hoity toity but it's a really mm-hmm. nice area. Of Jacksonville, but go Jags, <laughs> Duval, baby, Duval. Oh, God. Cares about that county either. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I hope they raise the taxes in Duval County. Every time somebody says Duval, yeah, it's the All dumbest right, thing in the world. Like nobody talk about my right. my undefeated Giants. I'm excited about this one. You were saying OBJ coming back to the Giants, so I tricked you because you thought that 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 thing I tweeted was real. That's not a real source. <laughs> He was not saying he's going to come back to the Giants if they bench Daniel Jones. I don't hey, know congratulations, you. rookie like CNN. I, gotcha. I, don't know if you, I don't know if you tricked me. Uh, that guy that was in a suit saying that he's an insider, he tricked me. You, you didn't trick me at all. Well, I did trick you because I retweeted it and you believed it. So. Oh, because oh, you retweeted oh. somebody else's stuff. It's like he copied somebody else's homework and got a perfect score. Like, yeah, I beat you. You did do that? Yeah. You texted me saying, can we put this on the list of the agenda for today's episode? <laughs> I wouldn't be past OBJ to sit there and say, like... I did get you. I got you. Yeah, well, I, I mean, that's a, it, you can't put something out there that, that's believable like that and be like, oh, I, I tricked you. You know no, what no, I mean? You it, put out something like that that somebody else tweeted and be like, I tricked you because, uh, yeah, I retweeted their tweet. No, he tricked me. You would right? have never, like, never seen it. So you I don't know that. that. But it seems believable. It's it's like it actually it really it, does it really does seem really believable. Like that's something OBJ definitely would like, like ask for in order to come back. If you asked why there was traffic in Staten Island today, and I was like, "Yeah, it was because of me. I got out of my car and I was literally just like slapboxing random people in traffic," you'd be like, "Oh, son of a bitch! I guess he's no, not making a podcast he, tonight." Why is there traffic today? You'd be like, "Because there's a, a crazy line at Krispy Kreme." I'd have been like, "Oh, there was a crazy line at Krispy Kreme, and it was that, worth the I wait." Yeah, did anyone, did anyone got Krispy Kreme today? I got Krispy Kreme today at six thirty this morning. <laughs> no, I didn't my, get you know, cream, uh, psychopath. My, I knew what it was going to be like. It was awesome. Right. It was absolutely awesome. Listen, watching about a thousand donuts get made on that belt, that conveyor belt of just you know, I, I, I'm assuming that's what they have in heaven for breakfast. <laughs> just a conveyor belt of hot, <laughs> fresh 
glazed original donuts coming out of Krispy Kreme. That's amazing. Yeah, 100%. So I, I grabbed that. My uh, my crew happened to be working right out in front, so we all grabbed Krispy Kreme first thing in the morning. Z100 was set up outside uh, to celebrate the momentous occasion because nothing else was going on in New York City, apparently, other than a Krispy Kreme opening. But it TJ, was insane. Hold on, hold on, hold on. TJ walked in. Wait, TJ walked walked out of the place, and he was as he's leaving, he just said to the random guy behind the register, he's like, is this heaven? The guy's like, no, this is Krispy Kreme. I just wanted it was heaven. Dude, I, and I will say this, I, and Joe Sokoa can uh, can vouch for me. I uh, I bought a dozen donuts. I had like two because I don't want to be a big fat slob and uh, eat the whole dozen because I would have if I left them in my car. I ran over, said good morning to my wife and son as they were going into school because they happened to be, you know, uh, maybe two-minute drive away from there. And uh, my intention was to hand her the remaining 10 donuts. My son, my wife, let her give them to the coworkers. And I, as I walked up, Joe Sokoa is outside and a couple of my wife's coworkers. And I just stood there with the box and everybody was staring at me as if I, like, I, I just, you know, stole the golden idol from the beginning of Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> like what I had in my hands belongs in a museum. I was just handing out Krispy Kremes and everybody was ecstatic about it. My wife ended up walking into school with about like four or five left. And my son's like, ooh, and slammed one down on his way in. So I apologize to his second grade teacher for dealing with that sugar rush that started the day out. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to back to the Giants. Giants 2-0 start. a wide baller. Dable shown. Listen, Giants 2-0, right? Let's give them their respect. They won two games. The Panthers, the Panthers be 2-4 four in the next four weeks. You can't <laughs> see me, but I can parade. see you. You keep making that face as if I can't see you. I can see you. <laughs> but anyway, Dable shown. Let's go. 2-0 era. Uh, the start of the era, and uh, listen, it wasn't the most, it wasn't the prettiest game. Graham Gano was the hero. He had like a 52-yard kick to win the Florida game. Uh, but he, he was also his former State team. But Baker Mayfield sucks. Like, there, was so <laughs> many, there were so many plays that I was like, oh, oh my God, like, this sucks. The guy's wide open. And then Baker would miss him by at least four or five feet. Like, overthrow. And I'm like, ah. Oh. All right, I guess we can win this game because their quarterback's that shitty. So, hey, Works listen, out. win is a win in the NFL. Doesn't matter how you get it, as long as you get it. So right now, Giants having two wins is pretty, pretty huge for them. They were not expected to get. I think their mm-hmm. over under was seven and a half, so they're they're six away from that just to beat that. Um, and there's definitely games out that they can win. They're playing Cowboys um, prime time next week. They got uh, Cooper Rush, as you guys said. You know. Uh, you know, it was a backup quarterback, but we'll see what happens. Um, I think they play, I think they play the Bears after that. And the Bears aren't the greatest team either. So the Giants, realistically, I mean, would be, is it possible they go four and out? It could be. Uh, but they're just a product of their schedule, I think, at this point. You got to beat who's on your schedule, and that's it. What's up? Uh, what, uh, you... Go ahead. Say, did you see the controversy in the Bears game because the dude brought out the towel to, <laughs> to wipe down the field so he can get a good place to plant his foot and kick? And uh, they penalized him for bringing a foreign object on the field to I- I- influence play. And I brought that up to Mike Westoff. I was like, hey, coach, did you see that today? And he goes, yeah. He goes, you want to know about the foreign object? He goes, it was a snow game. He's like, and we had a kick. and uh, A field goal, I think he said it was. He goes, and I broke off a piece of the bench and cleared a whole pile of snow out of the way. So our <laughs> kicker had a clean place to kick off of. He goes, you're welcome for that role. I'm like, wow. I'm like this, this guy's in, again, Hall of Fame. 
He, he has his hand in everything. It's like the mafia. <laughs> I, uh, he really, I agree with you guys too. Sorry, I was I was away when you guys talked about him being Hall of Fame. He revolutionized special teams. Like, how can you not? He took an entire like segment of the game and revolutionized. An overlooked segment of the game that was just and like, nobody, hey, you got to kick the ball. Cared. And that, that was a cool story about him. Is the reason why he took over special teams because he didn't want that one guy to lose that uh, lose his job. So he's like, I'll do special teams. He'll stay on for defense. And then he took he like took aspects of offense and defense of blocking. And put his scheme into place for the kickoffs and punt returns and stuff, which is incredible. And he being able to know what kind of talent he has on the team and who he can use from. Yeah. I mean, listen, then, I, he was using Antonio Cromartie out there for special teams. I mean, who does that? Looks at the team that they have, both offense and defense, and says, hey, this is what we can do. Yeah. And then you have Roger Goodell come in and ruin it because he's like, we have to think about player safety and kicking's bad and so is punting. So, yeah. Everything is so bad for the NFL. But my final statement on the Giants, though, just go back to that, is that I think that that last drive that I think they had like two minutes or something left over, and they had to basically kill the clock. They, they needed a first down. Daniel Jones scrambles out. Old Daniel Jones, I feel like, probably would have threw that ball and like got picked off or just like a drop, like a drop pass or incomplete pass to stop the clock. Instead, he makes he makes a cut, season opening. Takes off for him, picks the first down. I think that was that was a huge moment for Daniel Jones. I think in his career, in his Giants career right now. Uh, I mean, it's he's played under some really shitty coaches, and he's had some really terrible numbers. I'm not saying he's completely, you know, he's completely waved off of that or not liable for it because he had such shitty coaches. But he 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 made his mistakes. I think this year he's playing a little bit better. He's not that level of you know that guy you want. Like he's not the guy yet. But I think he's improving. I think he's getting there. And it takes time. He's got an, another offensive system he has to learn, the third in his career. Um, and and I, I think it's I think it's some sort of progress. It might be the best progress. But I think slow and steady, I think he's going to get a little bit better. Good. So, Keep singing him praises. So when he's your guy and they give him another contract, we get to fucking laugh yeah. at you. And you get to deal with Daniel Jones for another four seasons. So, well, so listen, I'm, I'm saying he's not the guy yet, but he's improving and he's progressing. I'm not a Daniel Jones supporter. I never have been. I'm not the biggest fan of him, but I think he is progressing. I think it's it's he's showing signs, which is very good. But other times, then you just look at him and he's like, "This guy is complete dog shit." It was funny. I think they were they were the the broadcasters were talking about. They're like, like yeah, Daniel Jones. Every now and then he's gonna make really bad plays, but every now and then he's gonna show you what he could do, like that Danny Dimes nickname that he got in his first. Yeah, year. yeah, Danny Dimes. You want to see a sign? Here you go, Nick or Rook. <laughs> <laughs> there's your sign if he's your if if any fucking if i hear any giant fan saying that oh my god give this guy a contract he's the future of the giants when no i'm not saying people that. couldn't wait yeah well you, you're gonna walk you got you guys are gonna walk yourself into that situation i'm gonna laugh well i'm not saying that i don't think he's still gonna get that huge contract from the giants but only because i don't think brian dable is like this is my guy that i want to run my offense like you could see on the sidelines like every time he makes a he fucks up you just see dable's face just like I got to know, and when he he reamed him out in, in Tennessee when he threw that pick in the red zone, he reamed him out, and obviously he came back. They threw that touchdown pass, but to win the game. But I mean, he's uh, like I said, he's progressing. Let's be I don't real. Think he's like, they didn't win that game. The, the Titans lost that game. <laughs> hey, kicks that would have won the game. It's a W. It's a W in the books. Their secondary looked awful that game, but I think it, it was a little bit better last game. But uh, their secondary was horrible in the Tennessee game. How uh, uh what are your thoughts on on a couple of things? One, Kadarius Tony. Thoughts? 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think it's just a product of Gettleman being such a shitty GM. And I think they just don't want him. I think he's not he's not you're on mute. I can't hear you. So is he not the guy? Tony, no. I mean, he wasted a first round pick on him, which sucks, which is why they're trying to put him in the game and use him. But I think there's issues, there's definitely issues behind the scenes that we're not hearing about. Yeah, like they're saying there's playbook issues. He's off the field, he might be maybe like a little bit of a distraction, I guess. Like I know he wants to be a rapper. I think he wants to be more of a rapper than he wants to be a player. And that's true. He does. And I oh, think that Dave Gettleman made a big mistake using the first round pick on Kadarius Tony. And we're seeing it so far. Seven plays in the first the first game. And how I don't think he had that many many more plays in the second game, right? I don't I don't know what the number was, but he was barely seen as well. And then there was one play I saw where like if you really want to play football, you gotta make the most of your opportunities. They throw a pass out to him. He quickly turns his head and drops the ball. Like everyone knows, look the ball into your hands. Then go make a move. He was already trying to make a move and he just drops it. And it's like, that's the frustrating thing on Katerius Tony is that he has the talent. He can be electric, but he's got to put it all together. He's got to study the playbook. He's got to be, he's got to buy into the team and it's not, not talk shit until him. you have something to talk shit about. Exactly. And that's, that's what he's at. And I think him, and I think his rap career is more important to him than his NFL career. I, I like that comment he made. Well, what is it last week? He's a lot of people talking that never, never played it down in their life. And in my head, I'm like, he does realize that like his entire coaching staff has never played it down in their life in the NFL, right? Like, <laughs> I want to like, right now, never played it down in the NFL. I, want, I wanted to say, like, do you even play any downs in the NFL? Cause I think this year you haven't really played that many. Yeah, seriously. How, how, how would you yeah. play a complete good game first? I've seen. I, I saw catch. some Giants fans saying we're going to run another good play, wide receiver out of town, and I said, "Run out of town? The man can't even run on the field without hurting himself." But yeah, run out of town—that's going to happen. Well, hurting himself or even just getting on the field to play with, based upon what he's supposed to do, like a playbook. Just read a playbook. If it's if that's well, I mean, issue, listen. If playbook, you're if you're a fan of uh, you're a fan of Kadarius Tony, just I guess you know in the back of your mind that if you get into a drunk driving incident, that he has your back. Because he thinks that's totally okay. Yeah, he's yeah. a clown move for that one too. And then, not to mention, listen, you're saying like fans like you're gonna run out a good wide receiver, or a great wide receiver in New York. OBJ was completely different than Kadarius Tony. I know he's off field distraction, but OBJ when he got on the field, he performed. You know, like he had some of his bad games, but he could perform, and he's a good player. I don't you know? know what kind of clown wears fucking jeans and boots on a boat. <laughs> Last time I checked, when you're down sailing around, what were they in Miami? You, you rock some board shorts and flip-flops and at least, you know, appear like you want to jump in the water and enjoy, you know, the, the gifts that God gave you. Not a fucking photo shoot for, I, I guess, Levi and, uh, oh, I don't know, what's a good boot company at this point? I, I wear fucking work boots. Yeah, Tim Millens. Well, the funny thing about that picture, because that's still picture still the sheer shirt. Giant fans, that picture's from five years ago, and this is the first time the Giants have a winning record. Since that picture, since the boat picture they took, it was like a curse to the Giants. So hopefully we're reversing the curse. But those are my takes yeah. on the Giants. Hey, what about what about Kayvon Thibodeau? Doesn't have a sack yet. Did he even did he play last week? I don't think he played last week. I, I don't know. I'm not a Giants fan. I couldn't tell you. No, I'm t- I think he's still injured. He hasn't played the last two games. That's why he's no sacks. Okay. He's injured. Him and, uh, and uh, Jari are both injured. So how do you feel about this year's draft class? Right now, um I mean, I mean, you don't even see Rondell Robinson playing that often, so I'm not not too much. But I think I think Kayvon once he gets healthy, I think he's going to make an impact. And the defense is playing pretty well, actually. I think they're playing pretty decent. Besides, sometimes the secondary gives up too much. But 
I think you add a Jari, a decent Jari, uh, Jari and uh, keep on Tubido to that dip defense. I think you're going to see uh, an improved defense there. And Wick Martindale's doing a good job with guys who are not the guys. They have a lot of injuries right now. So he's doing a lot of backups, and he's, uh, he's doing a pretty good job with defensive schemes, I think, getting things done. Granted, the teams are not the best teams they're playing, the Tennessee Titans and the, the Panthers, but they're getting the job done right now. And I'm excited to see the Cowboys. I just wanted you to acknowledge that they were, they were they just played the Titans who have no pretty much nobody and and, <laughs> and the Panthers that yeah haven't had anybody since Jake Delhomme. No. Not Cam, Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Cam Newton. No, I would say this. Yeah, the Giants are are going to be a product if they have a very if they have like a, a very good record at the end of the year, they're a product of their schedule, and that's because it's how shitty they were last year. They have a, a you know least uh, you know the schedule is going to be low on the. Uh, on the NFL. So that's the reason why they're, they're going to be a product of their schedule, but you got to play who you got to play and that's take advantage of it. And if you get to a playoff position with NFC East, so be it. We get an extra football game at the end of the year. I'll be happy with that. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa. Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Uh, You can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. And it's a rebuilding year. That's my last comment. So I'll be happy with whatever happens, but it's rebuilding year and, uh, We'll have a salary cap next year again because this year we have nothing. Did you guys see? Um, did you guys see uh, Chad Powers today do his walk on at uh, Penn State? Yeah, yeah. Chad Powers walk on. Uh, he was homeschooled. Um, he said his mom. He, he didn't learn too much. His mom wasn't very good at teaching him. And then, uh, but she, she was, was a good coach. Though. coach. She was a good coach though. She's a good football coach. That was funny. That he was actually pretty. That was pretty funny. Uh, honestly, you everybody forgets how big of a guy Eli Manning is. He's a tall son of a bitch. I mean, he's just he standing is. over all those people, you know, throwing passes and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, he's definitely got the physique to to be a quarterback, you know, no doubt about it. Just looking at him, he's a specimen of a fucking human being. But the hair and the fake nose, I was dying. That was excellent. I I do fucking hilarious. And then he took the shot at Tom Brady. He's like, if Tom Brady can play till 44, old Chad can play till 26. <laughs> it was dead. Well, I was gonna say, uh, 
He still he ran a they did this time. He ran a five four forty. They said it's pretty quick for Eli. I didn't think he's that fast. I think he's gonna run like a six or a seven. No, I mean he's still a young guy. The coach was in on it, man. <laughs> Who's it? Franklin, right? Franklin was the one who said it. he's like five four. I was like, no way, Eli. Eli, who was that when he was playing? Maybe they just did. Maybe they just yelled at him what his what his time was there, but. Listen, uh, it was very well done because they he actually got some people uh, fooled because when they did it with Chris Bryant, yeah, everybody was like, "Dude, I think that's Chris Bryant." Um, <laughs> when they did that with uh, what's his name, uh, who's the other quarterback that they did it with? Everybody figured out real quick that it was who it was. Um, the only other one that I thought was really good was uh, the Greg Maddox one where they were doing the photo shoot and uh, they brought him in just to throw a bolt, uh, you know, like uh, hitting because they wanted to get some pictures and video of whoever it was hitting. And Maddox is just throwing like little snap friggin' hook curveballs and sliders, and and he's like, "This guy got some movement on this ball." It's fucking Greg Maddox, buddy! Like, come <laughs> on, dude. Yeah, that was a funny one. He was just snapping curveballs from forty feet away and just dropping them in there, twelve to six. It was awesome. That one was one of the best ones. But I, I give props to Eli because that was pretty funny. And, and whoever did his makeup was just like, "We're gonna make you look absolutely ridiculous." <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, moving on to the next topic. This is you guys. It's uh, Rangers trade Nils Lundqvist. Is that spelled right? Yeah, right, the V? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead of the U. So I, I'm, I, I like what we got back. We got pretty much conditional. Uh, it's going to be, I think, a top 10 uh, first-round draft pick. And um, I think a, a fourth-round pick as well. So Nils Lundqvist really wasn't – I didn't see him being in the lineup this year again. Um, I didn't see a place for him. Why not give him up to a team that obviously could use him? And, uh, I mean, he's a good enough player where he should be out there playing. He didn't fit into what the Rangers' plan was. And to get a first-round pick and a fourth-round pick, I'm okay with it, man. I mean, keep going with the trend of drafting, getting young guys on this team, and, and keep the blood young, keep the legs fresh. Yeah, I agree. Uh you know, based on what we were running out there on defense, what what, what was he going to do? He'd be a, he he would have been a depth piece, and is that yep. what you're looking for with somebody like him? Where you can get a first round pick back, and it's almost guaranteed that that pick's going to be top ten. Yeah, and the Rangers already said that they're they're still in the hunt for essentially um, a, a veteran defenseman. That if something becomes available or something is it, it becomes. Uh, a situation where they can make a move for a veteran defenseman that they're going to do it because they know that they want somebody else back there, somebody that they can rely on, somebody they can put out there, you know, second line D right out the gate. So uh, with that, you know, that in mind, it's kind of, it, dude, it was one of those trades that just made sense. You know, you really don't see trades, you know, at this soon before the season starts. Um, And they made a move and I think they definitely got, you know, I think they got a steal essentially. Like I said, top 10 first round draft pick, sure. Why the hell not? Yeah, it's 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 actually looking really good. Uh you know, again, it's he's not going to play. So it's like right, and he deserves to play for another team. He deserves to develop and and get some ice time because he is a young talent and you know, we drafted him in the first round for a reason. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, that looks good. Uh, and then training camp started today. Yeah. Rangers hockey is, what, six days away? 
Um, I think regular season starts in 21 days. Right, but I think the first um, first preseason game is six days, if I'm not mistaken. Something like that, yeah. So, and then uh, I I can't believe we missed this. I didn't even know the Rangers were going to have a you know a Rangers golf outing. I'm sure it was absurdly priced, but that would have been something to try to do. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't. Dude, I, I I learned that on Twitter. I'm like, oh shit, the Rangers. Did I don't know if I would ever outing? have. The, I would never have the balls to go to that, dude. I'd go there and embarrass myself in front of freaking the Rangers. Yeah, I don't know about that. No, no, absolutely not. That's. I mean, I think the the opportunities are there for golfers like us. You know, when when I push a a slice onto another fairway, and it's like, oh, sorry about that, guys. Like, oh, hey, Jacob Trouba, what's up, man? It's like nothing. You almost killed me, Dick. Like, oh, sorry about that. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's dropping gloves, and you're fighting Jacob Trouba. Dude, I would take a punch from Jacob Trouba just for the story. I wouldn't even have the heart to fight back. Not that I think I would be able to land anything on the guy, but just to, like go ahead, Jake, punch me in the face. I'm going to tell my grandkids this story when I wake up from my coma. <laughs> Dude, you can't Sorry. be a hockey fan and not say you wouldn't take a punch from somebody on one of your breaking, favorites. Breaking news, Aaron Judge is at number 60. He's now tied with the babe. Let's go. And the Yankees lose 8-5. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Clay. I, I can hear my dad. My TV downstairs is a little slow. I can hear my dad screaming. He just tied the babe. That's awesome. So they said they said the 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 home run balls from him here on out tying the babe and anything going forward could fetch up to like twenty million dollars. They're numbers, insane. Yep, they put little tags on them. Sorry if you're my daughter grunting right now. (laughs) We're all quiet. She's excited, man. She's excited. Sorry for the dead air. We're just watching. Yeah, this is this is exciting. Sixty home run club, baby. Enter my office right now. That's crazy. the TV up here. My dad just walks into my office. He goes, "He got it." I know. I'm watching the game. <laughs> How many? What do they have? Eleven games left. Thanks. So. He's got a good shot of beating. He's two more now. Beating fifteen nine. games left. Yeah, he's got a lot of games left. You got another game against the Pirates tomorrow. They're playing the Red Sox over the weekend. So he's not going. He's not facing the so, team. Well, that's the thing, though. I, I mean, the opportunity has to be there as well because, uh, especially at the beginning of this game, they were pitching around them big time. And I mean, why wouldn't you pitch around Judge? That should be the gold standard anyway, regardless if he's chasing a home run record. But they were really pitching around him and and were totally okay with giving up walks to him. But, I mean, 15 games left, I I think conservatively, maybe two to three more home runs, no problem. Yeah, I would think so. And not to mention, he's going for the Triple Crown. Before coming in today, he was only, uh, I think, .001 back. Of the uh, of the leader of the AL leader, so he could have an AL triple crown. He leads almost every MLB category yep. in first place. He'd have the home run record of AL home run record. Um, that's a pretty good year for a contract year. Like that's that's a tremendous year. Again, he if if bet on himself and won, dude. Listen, there's two things that are going to piss me off royally about this season. Number one, I, I'm sick of hearing people talk about Otani. Like, hey, dude, Judge is leading in, in home runs. Okay, he's having a historic year. He's batting over 300. And because Otani can pitch and essentially, like Nick said, is creating a six-man rotation, not because, you know, that's what works for the team. It's out of necessity to make this guy relevant in the organization. Okay, Otani is 
a good a good player, a good hitter, okay, and a good pitcher. But that does not discount everything that Judge is doing this year. And if Judge doesn't get the MVP this year, it is complete and utter bullshit. And is just we're living in oh oh earmuffs earmuffs. We're living in crazy world if he doesn't get it. And then if the Yankees decide not to pay whatever the hell Judge wants, and Judge goes off to another team, I, I dude, I, I wash my hands of this organization until the Steinbrenners are no longer involved because it, it's not George's team, clearly, and they don't want to spend the money. And shame on the fans if Judge walks after this year and the fans still go out and pay that ridiculous money to see them play and pay the $13 beers and $9 hot dogs and spend $400 for you and your family to go watch a Yankee game, $500 minimum, if the team's not going to spend the money on the product on the field. So, I mean, the Yankees have definitely put themselves in a situation. If they let Aaron Judge walk, I, I, I'll, 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 I'll root for the fucking A's or some shit until <laughs> this time runners are no longer involved. By the way, yeah. this is, this is uh, TJ fighting uh, Jacob Truba. I'll let you decide who's who. <laughs> the guy has better hairline than me. <laughs> Matt said number 60. Can he go on a tear and catch bonds? What is that? No He's chance. 11 home no, so actually, games. That's actually, crazy. there's 15 games left. At today, This morning, there were 16 games left. The best he'd ever done in a 16-game stretch was 13 home runs. Imagine. That'd be fucking insane if he did that. He what did does Bonds 14. have? Seventy four. Uh, oh, was it seventy three? Bonds has seventy three. So he's got to hit another thirteen. So he's at a fourteen and sixteen games, basically. So with regard yeah. to to what TJ was saying when I said what I said about Otani, um, basically what I said about Otani was a lot of fans talk about how. <laughs> and then just kidding, the Cubs won't spend the money. They're too cheap. That's true. That is true. Um, <laughs> a lot of fans, a lot of the commentary around Otani is because he pitches and he hits, you actually get an extra player on the team that normally wouldn't be there because he, he takes up two roster positions essentially by being one player. Except for the fact that because he plays the way he plays, they have to carry an extra starter. So now most MLB rosters are built with like the last two starters kind of being like mediocre to bad. Except for the Angels, where it's the last three starters are mediocre to bad, right? You want your first two guys to be studs. So now the the, the actually I take it back. The Angels are the last like three to four, so they now lengthened the amount of starts they get between good guys. Because what you want is you want the it's it's like batting. Judge bats first because they want to get their best hitter the most at bats. It, it it makes sense in certain circles. Like if you look at it that way, it kind of makes sense. It doesn't really make sense because you want them to have more RBIs as well. So you want him batting third when there's people on in front of him. But with pitchers, it's the same deal. The reason that your best starter is your first starter is because you want to get him the most starts. Yep. So by lengthening your your uh, your starting rotation, you're actually getting your best pitchers less starts. So, so Otani kind of does the opposite. And now guys are stuck in a six-man rotation, which now they've got to get used to. He doesn't because in Japan they play with a six-man rotation. But now they have to, and you think about something like Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole doesn't like to play 10 minutes late, let alone 24 hours late. Um, so if he's on any other franchise other than the Angels, you're basically looking at it like, well, you, you guys that are in this pitching rotation, you're going to have to figure out 
how to get comfortable because of this one guy. Or he's going to be a spot 24 to 48 hours later. Or he's going to be a spot starter, and you can just plug him in where you want, and you have that fourth or fifth guy just sit down whenever you feel like it because you're, you can't fuck up your – the Garrett Coles of the world, they're not going to stand for it. They really aren't. The Max Scherzers of the world, they, they, they're accustomed to doing things their way. And they're not going to have somebody that's a like a, a I guess a halfway pitcher. That's how they're going to see it. Pitchers are prima donnas. Mess their flow up. Like I'm not going to sacrifice my stats for this guy. You yeah. know. Um, and then and then they, now you have to carry an extra starter. And then he can't even. It would be. I think it would be a little different if he was a reliever and he could pitch whenever. But the fact that he has a permanent spot in the rotation kind of limits his availability. Um, Left and right. No, so, absolutely. He's a great player. Don't get me wrong. He's a great player when he can stay healthy. Um, but, you know, his, his pitching and, and hitting in games that don't matter. And honestly, the Angels were they were out of the playoff race as soon as they decided to have a season this year. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's different. It's different than in New York. It's different. You know, it's it's like Harrison Bader had a hell of a game today. I was just gonna, I actually meant to talk about that before. Uh, if you're, since you're talking about it now, Nick, um, he comes in. I mean, listen, we've been dealing with Aaron Hicks all season long, strikeouts, not getting on base, not playing a great center field. Has a beta comes off the, the IL, hasn't played in forever. Really had two hits, three RBIs, and, a, and a, I think he had a, and a run scored. Like, that's a great line from your center fielder. Like, you don't need that production yeah. there. You want him to be defensive, but you don't need it as the Yankees because you have. You know, state guys like Stanton and Judge. And this guy comes in and just fucking rakes already. It was great. I loved it. Yo, the base is loaded. Nobody out. Base is loaded. Nobody out. Down three. Stanton's struggling big time. He's over he three struggling. Like, I think three strikes. Yo, did you see his at bat before, though? Like his back foot sl- sliding out? He he, he doesn't look this, comfortable to play this right now. This would help not if he was able to do something here. Get his confidence back. This guy, he walked two straight guys, though, right? This, this is uh, the pitcher. So, I mean, he's. uh. No, he's not pitching that great, but no, he gave up a hit to uh, to Torres, and he gave up a hit to Donaldson, and he I walked. He walked I thought he walked Torres. He walked Torres. It's a lot of dead Donaldson's air. been putting some good swings on the ball. He has. I think. I, I, I can't stand his douchey attitude, but if yes, he gets right. hot September yeah. to October. He's like a guy that could like help carry the Yankees if like you know you're not going to pitch the Judge in the postseason. Right now, you pitch a stand because he's not hitting anything. So Donaldson, you need a guy like that to get hot. Torres is playing really well again after that slump in uh, July and August. So Yankees are really looking, you know, make some moves late here in the season, get hot at the right time, go into October with a decent, uh, you know, decent lineup, guys who are hot. So that's Talking more about the Yankees, Frankie Montes was put on the 15-day IL yeah. today. That, I, um, think, I think Cashman got fleeced on that one. I don't think I was there. He hasn't really done I, much. I hate to be the, the I told you so guy, but I had a feeling he was going to end up like Sonny Gray. And as the days go on, it's looking more and more very gray. <laughs> that's, uh, Get out! That's and oh, the walk-off go. grand slam for John Stanton. Let's go, wow. let's go Yankees. Walk-off. I just said the Yankees are going to lose this game 8-5 because at the judges' home run. Holy shit. How about that? That is insane. A five-run Bottom of the ninth to take a nine to eight win. That is incredible. My my father just heard it. it's a, it's on a delay downstairs. 
My <laughs> father just heard it. I don't know if you guys heard him scream yes. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't hear it, but I knew something happened because you said something. My TV is always delayed compared to yours. Holy shit. What a, what a ninth inning. Yeah, dude, that, that scream can only mean one of two things. A Yankees win or somebody else got shot in Roseback. Oh, that is awesome. That is funny. Only two people ever got shot in my neighborhood. One got shot by the police, and the other one got shot by the borough president's grandkid. (laughs) Matt put Yankees. Matt's common Yankees classic. That's definitely going to be Yankees classic for years to come. That was. Uh, Speaking about Matt, you know it's classic going one and four in our picks. Thank you for playing, Matt. Oh yeah, we'll we'll get get a recap on that. I mean, I'm not involved in 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 the uh, in the (laughs) pickups this year. Um, cause I don't have a gambling problem, but you guys are, t- t- give me a recap. Come on. Uh, right. sorry about the low hanging fruit map, but it was there. I had to take it. Um, so it's this out. week, uh, I again went three and two. So my record is six and four in the, uh, two weeks of NFL betting. Uh, Rook went two and three this week, bringing them to five and five. Not bad. Nice. Even I'll take not, it. Not, you know, not down money, not, uh, not up money. He's right there. And Matt, with a one and four week, bringing him to three and seven. So I think uh, four games on the five hundred. Listen, I, I, I'm this. We're gonna do so. We do this picks. If anyone's watching this, if you like gambling picks, you're gonna want to tune in. We're gonna do it every Sunday. We film it on Saturday night. We go into so we replay. We play it on Sunday at ten thirty, and then we replay it again on our YouTube channel at eleven. So there's two different versions of it that'll play. Um. We we do picks. We're gonna. I'm gonna start going more in depth into this. But I was looking up some stats so far for this year. It's it's so hard to bet on sports. Like with the fact that we're given five games and we're trying to pick the games that like we think are gonna hit out of all these games. You can't bet on every game. Like if you're a gambler, you don't bet on every game. You bet on the ones you like. Don't get too crazy. Don't bet over your head. But I'm looking at the the stats so far for this year. It is. I mean, I I can't. Wait. It's it's almost like 55 percent. Like road dogs on the road are like either under fifty percent or at fifty percent. Mm-hmm. Home home favorites are under fifty percent. I'll I'll, we'll, I'll get onto this on Saturday. And our, I mean, sorry for our Sunday show. I'll get onto it next time we record. I'm gonna I'm gonna show the stats for our gambling show. But tune in because it's you're gonna be like, holy shit! This is why gambling on sports is so hard. Uh, I mean, it's fun, of course it is. I enjoy doing it. Um, but you just never know. The NFL is such like a a wild sport where, you know, it's like, it's base baseball and NFL are always like, NFL is the most fun to bet on, but they're both very hard to bet on. Baseball is like one of the hardest sports to bet on. Like you, you, you can't like go in there and just be like, I'm going to pick the winner. You have to find other ways to bet baseball. Either bet it with yep. at bats, bet it five innings, bet it six innings, bet, you know, props, stuff like that. I mean, but look at the game we just saw. We just saw a game where they, by all rights, they, they were, they were down four runs in the ninth inning. And they just yeah. scored five runs but with no outs. no outs in the ninth. That's crazy. Like if you would put a bet, I bet before that, I bet before that inning started, before a judge hit the home run, the Yankees were probably plus like five hundred or more, maybe even in the thousands. Like if you put ten bucks on that before the ninth inning happens, you definitely just made a huge profit. Oh but yeah, yeah I mean, it's it's tough. If you listen, we, I know TJ right now he's above five hundred. He's a little over fifty percent. I'm at fifty percent. Matt's below. If you're fifty percent or like fifty if it's sixty percent, you're a good picker. Like you're a good gamble picker. I think that's where we typically are at. I know I had a below five hundred five hundred week, but I had one of those weird games. The Rams, the Ram game was they were up thirty one to three going into the fourth quarter, and they ended up barely winning thirty one to twenty five. 
You know, like oh, yeah. that's, that it happens. It's bad bits, bad beats, but then you also have the good good beats where TJ was looking at that. They're down thirteen. The Jets are uh, with two minutes left in the game, and they're winning the game outright. So the plus six and a half looks looks like a genius. But if you if you talk to <laughs> uh, TJ earlier in that game, he probably felt like an idiot for taking the Jets at plus six and a half. No, um, I was having a good time that whole day, so I didn't give a shit. <laughs> what was, um, but I, I feel like I'm more of taking the Colts. That's for sure. What was uh, what was Matt's record again? Matt is three and seven. Seven. <laughs> I'm waiting for the comments to pop up and just be like all expletive. Uh, yeah, well, he already wrote, he wrote, uh, I'll be on Saturday and I have a lot to say. And then he put <laughs> Ravens was bad. The Ravens, that's that's another bad beat. Like I think like a bad beat was the yeah. Ravens one, but the Ravens one was really bad because they, I think the spread was only two and a half for them. And mm-hmm. they had it within like the last like minute, and the, the Dolphins scored that touchdown. So, don't know, Matt. I don't believe that one. You said Bengals should have won, but you can't say that they they weren't even competitive. So, like, you can't be like, oh, Bengals should have won that game. They didn't even come close to covering. Are Bengals should have won like before the game started. Before they flipped the coin, yes, the Bengals should have won. But once that game started, it was over. Yeah, but I, you can't say hindsight. Like, they should have won that game. No, because we're at we're well beyond that. You can't be like they should have won that game, right? Put, it's not like a, a bad fumble or a bad penalty or something like that. Dick, you they weren't in that game. Yeah. By no, the way, that's gentlemen, what I'm trying to say, yeah. By, by the way, gentlemen, I, I'm not sure if you're tracking this or aware of this right now, but Aaron Judge is currently the American League leader in average, so he's currently nice. the Triple Crown winner. If the if the season ended right now, he's Aaron Judge would win the Triple Crown. That'd be at awful. least for the American League. Sit him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, was, who, who did that? What was that? Was, was that Jose games? Reyes, right? Jose Reyes did like six games <laughs> left, right? Yeah. Um, well, well, so before, we didn't take any breaks today. Um, so let me just play one commercial. Right, I have an actual commercial. So we'll Ooh. play this one commercial real quick. Then we'll come back. We'll talk a little uh, little golf. President's Cup coming up. So hey now. Fellas, the fantasy football draft season is right around the corner. CD Lamb is good, but have you seen these beautiful balls? It's time to get your snake looking right for this snake draft with sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming have created a championship lineup with a performance package 4.0. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for kickoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. Tom Brady didn't come out of retirement for you to have hairy balls, so slot it at the quarterback and get 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com. It's time to put the PP back in a PPR league. That's a great advertisement. I love love that one. Um, So we have... Um, as always, we're going to talk golf. So we have Piper Golf. Go to Piper.golf, promo code SCORE10 for 10% off your entire purchase. And also check out Pins and Aces. Use promo code SCOREPOPER. I think it's, I think that's, I think it's at 10 or 15% off. But SCOREPOD, uh, Pins and Aces. Pins and Aces, I think, just came out with a new line of some stuff. Yes, um, Sasquatch. 
Yeah, Piper just came out with hats, uh, bucket hats, and visors, so check them out as well. But we are going to discuss the President's Cup. I love the President's Cup. I went to the President's Cup a couple years ago, TJ. Have you been to the President's Cup? I I have not. I have not. I am rocking my Piper Golf Pipe It hat uh, that's meant uh, for you to pipe it in the fairway and not pipe it like a certain President's son. But I digress. It is the President's (laughs) Cup. and (laughs) TJ, tell us about the President's Cup because I'll be right back. I have to change the diaper. (laughs) All right. So the President's Cup, uh, essentially uh, USA versus an international field. And um, it's it's always fun to see this aspect of golf. It's always fun to see, you know, the the two-ball, four-ball, best ball, uh, alternate shot, the whole shebang. Uh, it makes it very fun. It makes it very entertaining. If you are a fan of sports betting, I mean, you could sit there and bet every hole. It, it It's very fun to be a better uh, during the President's Cup. Uh, I like this type of team event. Uh, the players are big into it. They get absolutely crazy. And uh, by the time Sunday rolls around, it is especially, hopefully, it's it's close. Um it becomes just one of those things where every shot matters and it's just, I guess as exciting as a, and as pumped up and adrenaline filled as golf can get. I understand we're talking about golf here, but it's definitely a good time. It's definitely fun. I, I'm honestly a little disappointed. Um, anybody that says that the live guys not playing doesn't matter. Uh, you're full of shit. Um, Cam Smith not playing, uh, Bryson DeChambeau not playing, any of these guys not playing uh, hurts the game. It doesn't help the game. I'm not going to sit there and say that, especially the American side of things, it's not a stack field because it is. Max Homa, um, you, you got Patrick Cantley, you got some phenomenal players, Scotty Scheffler. So the the talent is definitely there. But I'm definitely disappointed knowing that the live, the live guys aren't invited, aren't playing. Dustin Johnson's of the world. Um, it's definitely irritating. Um, speaking towards that, I, I think it's funny because they, you know, all the, the press seems to be about live golf and the AXE's PGA guys. And they asked Justin Thomas today, if he would be interested in doing like a PGA tour versus live golf, you know, type of event, like a president's cup type of deal. And he said, no, absolutely not. That's not good for golf. It's you're just pushing the bullshit agenda, the blackballing of players because they moved on to another tour. You want to push the monopoly of the PGA tour. That's fine. You want to be faithful to the PGA tour. Great. More power to you. I, you know, that's your opinion. That's your stance. I have no problem with that. But to, to say blackballing players and blackballing a lot of top 50 guys is good for the game. You're out of your mind. You're, you're pretty much stalling out the game of golf and it's getting irritating at this point. Brooks not back yet. I thought he was gonna have a take. Not, but but yeah, I uh, think you're absolutely right. Listen, um, sorry, I'm back. Sorry, I said I was kidding. <laughs> the sniper. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you, T. 100. I was good. That's my main point. The President's Cup this year is like, I'm still excited for it, but like the odds right now, Bennett, you can't just bet USA to win because the odds are so in their favor because they have yeah. the top guys. The international team now, President's Cup is not is everyone international except Europe because Europe plays in the right. Ryder Cup again, so it's Europe versus right. USA in the Ryder Cup. So. You're you, you're missing out on Cam Smith because he's obviously outside Europe, um, and, and it just it, it sucks not having those live guys. You don't have Dustin Johnson. You don't have you don't have Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson may not have played, but usually he's like a captain, a Ryder Cup or a Presidents Cup captain. Or he's in the locker room for sure. And he's in the locker room. And they, a couple of years ago, how funny was it when 
he had the USA pants on. I think they won the, I think they won, I think they won the Ryder Cup, right? I think it was a couple of years ago. They won the Ryder Cup or they were in some sort of international competition. He was wearing the USA pants. They're at the after party. They're all partying, whatever. And he does, someone puts the, the beer can on their head and Phil Mickelson does the full over, like kicks, kicks the can off his head over the guy's head, standing straight up. Like yeah. one of those athletic things, athletic things I've ever seen Phil do. Uh, but dude, Patrick is, Reed, I mean, hey, listen, yeah, love Patrick him or hate him, Patrick Reed gets hyped, dude. He is hyped for these events, and that's exactly what you want. That's what furthers the game of golf is, you know, uh, just the you get that excitement level that you generally don't get out of golf or golf yeah. fans. You generally don't get that type of pumping up the crowd and, you know, wanting to get people into it and people chanting USA and stuff like that. And, you know, at least for the Ryder cup, you know, the Europeans uh, chant and stuff like that. And now the international, um, it's, you want those hype up guys. You want those guys with some, you know, clout and to, to have them not be there. It, it hurts. It definitely hurts the sport. I don't care what the PGA says, you know, and these PGA guys are happy that they're not there and hell with them. The only reason they're saying that is because these guys had the balls to move over to another tour and get paid and they're pissed. They're yeah. not. And the PGA tour is taking a lot of, a, a lot of different aspects from live golf and trying to implement them and trying to, you know, inject some more money into the tour. Amazingly, they're finding more money to inject into some of these purses. I wonder where that came from. Oh, that's right. They were holding on to the money the whole time. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, you know- I'm not going to sit here and say they're underpaid. But no. when you see the potential of what you can get paid, especially since live golf is essentially just, you know, for fun, it's, it means nothing. There's no world points. And these guys are taking down purses as if it's a friggin' major every, every, you know, tournament. Yeah. It's insane. And that upsets me too with Justin Thomas. I know some of these guys are like, they're just a shill for the PGA. Yeah. And it kind of sucks. Cause like, it would be awesome to see live versus PGA. Like would, the, tremendous. Rock, would the rock have turned down a fight against Booker T when it was WWE versus WCW because he didn't want to go against WCW, you know, right. like it's, it's stupid analogy, but it's a it's similar thing. Like it's, it's better for the fans, right? You the PGA is losing there. the situation. They're a hundred percent losing the situation. Yeah. They're losing fans. They, they, they can pump this nonsense all they want. They tried the aspect of, Oh, look where the money's coming from. Look where all the money comes from. It, you, you guys, the PGA tour isn't like they, they're freaking raising money for St. Jude every week and they're just taking a little bit to get by and, and pay for their plane tickets. There's money coming from all different aspects of the world and not all of it is the, you know, has the best reputation or is the cleanest place for money to come from. So they tried hard saying, you know, the Saudi aspect of it that failed on them. Yeah. And at this point, people are, the fans are just fed up because you know what? We, we want to see golf. We want to see more competitive golf. And to say that nobody would be interested to see live versus the PGA tour and the hype around that. Oh my God. The smack talking would be and tremendous. I love well, that. I love that reminds me of, uh, there's always a conversation about, uh, talking about, you know, WWE versus WCW. When DX invaded WWE, the Eric Bischoff's biggest regret was that he didn't let them into the building. Yeah, WCW. It was on his show when WWF uh, invaded WCW. It was on his show. And he's like, fuck, I should have opened the gate. Because, like, what would have happened? Everybody would have been watching my show because it was on my show. And you're right. It's the same thing. Like, you want to see the rivalry just like you want to watch the Yankees play the Red Sox. Imagine you only got to see the Yankees play against themselves. Right. Yeah. You know, it's or the Yankees versus the Mets. Like when you never get to see it, it becomes that much more special. 
And TJ, yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm I'm a huge fan of like team golf. Like I love the yeah. Rice Cup. I love the President's Cup. Dude, but alternate shot is event. awesome. Alternate, alternate shot, shot is tremendous. Best ball, best ball is even more tremendous, and that's the thing that the the best ball aspect of it. How do you not have Bryson DeChambeau out there going like, oh yeah, I'm going for green drives. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 insane. But I mean, moving on to this, I know we could talk about live all day, and that's uh, the last point about live is like the PGA. It's it's never going to go away unless you embrace them. Like every yeah. time you have a tournament, the talk is going to be PJ versus Live. If you want it to go away, either embrace them or do something to help the 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 conversation always turn towards Live. Like yeah. your PGA Tour golfers are always going to be answering questions about guys and Live, and if they want to compete against guys and Live, will they go into Live? Like it's always going to come up before they better embrace them before. Dude, and and don't act like uh, Liv tried to do this, you know, as a FU to the PGA Tour. They tried to get the PGA Tour involved. They tried to make their schedule around the PGA Tour's big time, you know, events, not just majors, but you know, their their bigger weekends in the tour. They tried to work around it, and Greg Norman reached out, and they just turned a blind eye and, and turned their back on Greg Norman because they want no, no part of it because they want a monopoly on it. Exactly. But we could, like I said, we could sit here all day and talk Liv, but. Let's get to betting tips. I'm not going to make any picks. You can't really make picks here. Not yet. Probably not yet. Because you don't even know who's playing who, uh, what the and teams like and matchups that. are. Right. Who? Who? No. I mean, you could obviously bet the teams, but you're not going to bet. Like we said before, there's no there's no money in it. You, there's no uh, – the odds in the USA to win is just too high. You're not going to risk, you know, how much money just to win a couple hundred, you know. Right. If you if you have, have a good feeling about the international team, I mean, good for you if you really feel that yeah. way. And go but, ahead. Uh, go yeah, ahead. you could make some money. But other than that, yeah, and it's not the there last, yet. The last President's Cup was overseas. I forgot where it was, but it was the international team actually had a really good shot at winning it, and they pissed it away in the last day. So, <laughs> good luck betting on the international team when they choked it away last time when they had a huge lead. So, I'm. So I will say this. I, I like seeing Kevin Kisner in this situation because he's very good at these type of uh, events. So to see Kiz out there competing for the Americans, that's definitely a, a plus in my book. Yeah, and the thing is too, so if you watch during the weekend um, and you see USA's channel a little bit, maybe the odds would move into your favor. Some of you want right. to put a pin on the USA at that point. But you got to keep watching and see if the international team takes the lead. But it's um, awesome, dude. Just just yeah. the hole-to-hole betting. I mean, you can, get, you can find yeah, some really good point. odds on it. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No. So the, the whole, the whole betting, I mean, and I, I mean, I use FanDuel. We, we kind of gear towards FanDuel. So FanDuel has a lot of stuff where it's just, you know, you can bet who's, who's going to score lowest on the hole. You could bet, um, you know, uh, a, scoring a par or under par or over par. And I mean, the, the odds are there. So if you want to take a, a risk and say like, ah, you know what? Who, who's up right now? You know what? Screw it. No, he's going over par on this one. Yeah, I know the odds are long. Over par on this one. It happens. It happens a lot. Why not? You can yeah. definitely make some money betting hold to hold uh on this game. And not even a lot. Just throwing, you know, if if you're if you're betting for fun, a five or ten dollar unit, you could sit there all day and have a great time and end up ahead or, or, or down maybe a little bit, but it makes it even more exciting and you're more, you know, just zoned in on what's going on. Yeah, and well, we I did once. Me, and my brother was we watched one of the um, like remember they were doing like it was it Tiger Woods versus Phil, and then they did Rory and I think Dustin versus somebody like Matt Wolf mm-hmm. and somebody else. Um, what they what they called the challenge or whatever it was they were doing with the golf, right? 
but they're they basically you do hold the whole betting on that. And what we would do is we would just bet that every hole would be even because not, they're not going to win every hole. Like each, right. each team is not going to win every hole. There's going to be winners of the holes, but no one's going to like take off run eight nothing. You know, like it's not going to be like you're going to lose all your money. So if you bet even of each each person winning even holes, you're more likely to win on that. Granted, the odds aren't that high because it's like probably one minus one fifty, sometimes minus two fifty. It's like a par three. Um, but if you just bet either who's going to win the hole, whether it's this team, like international team or USA team for whatever matchup it is, uh, or if you bet the even for the hole, that that works out too because the even eventually it does even out your money when you put a five dollar bet on it. If you just yep. bet it, if you follow it the whole way through. I'm like, they don't play the full 18 usually in those competitions. Usually they're probably done by like 16, 17. Well, yeah, the, you know, people win, three. you know, three with two left and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah, three and two, you know, four and two. But you could still make money on those evens because it's, it's not going to, like I said, the score is never going to be like 10 nothing and they're going to end nine hole. You know, it's going to be, there's going to be evens. There's going to be. It might happen this year. He might only get nine holes out of the Americans this year. <laughs> and the thing is, like, if you feel good about a hole and you're like, all right, I know this guy is going to be, is able to get close to like, this is a short hole or short par four or whatever it may be, then take a shot. Because if you bet a team just to win a hole, it's usually going to be plus money, whether it's like plus 150 or plus $200. So if you got lucky and just guess a team to win that, that hole, and you put five bucks on it, you're, you're winning 10 to $15 right there. And then, and then bet evens the rest of the way and you'll be solid. It's a solid, it's a solid plan. But you gotta stick to it too. Like, don't don't deviate from it. Like, if you're gonna bet evens every hole, don't all of a sudden start picking who's gonna win, because then you're gonna you're gonna mess it mess yourself up uh, in your betting line. So, but it's definitely a fun a fun event uh, to bet on. But definitely check out the matchups, because once the matchups come out, then you could see who's likely to win, who's likely to lose. Yeah, we'll be all over it on Twitter. So if you want to follow that, if you want to goof around with us, throw a couple bets down. We'll be all over it. And they're playing in North Carolina this year. They're playing at Quail Hollow. Um, yep. when, is it, when does it start? Is it start Friday or Thursday? Or the 22nd, um, so Thursday it starts. Yeah. And then ends on the 25th, which is, oh, it is Sunday. So it actually is four days. I didn't realize it would be four days. Yeah, man. I thought it was three days for some reason. I guess I thought maybe the Ryder Cup's three days. But it's fun. It's a fun event. And it, it's you know, it's a lot of fun. Live is great, too. Like, it's just, it's a really good fun time. And go USA all the way, obviously. Not, not reaching out yeah. to international guys. Fuck that. <laughs> These colors don't run. Hell no. Rook was totally <laughs> going to root for the international guys. He might no have. Way. Never. It's questionable. Never. Never. He, has a t- he has a Tony jersey on and he's rooting international and yeah. he's the first one in line to buy his album. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I would never. I don't, I don't own a Tony jersey. I would never buy one. What about a Tony rap album? No. Oh, okay. Just checking. <laughs> All right, Nick. I think that's about it. Why don't you take us on home? Uh, last thing, congratulations to Great Britain winning their qualifier for the World Baseball Classic for the first time. Nice. So they'll participate next year at the World Baseball Classic in their pool. So congratulations cool. to Great Britain. Um, that's awesome for them and our buddy Johnny Lawrence out there in the U.K., uh, we'll catch you again next week over here. Same bat time, same bat channel, and maybe we'll have a special guest, Anthony the Rook. Uh, Rook, thanks for showing up <laughs> on the show this week. We really appreciate your time. It's always oh, nice to have you around. Uh, before, before we wrap up, before we wrap up, fuck Zach Hample. Fuck that guy. <laughs> That's true. 
Paul. Uh, something we can all get behind. He I think we're actually going to – TJ and I were actually talking about replacing Rook with uh, with Coach Westoff. You know what? If you guys did that, I probably wouldn't be upset. <laughs> <laughs> uh, live from his boat in Fort Myers. Yeah, yeah that's absolutely right. We'll, uh, we'll catch you again next week. Thanks for spending this time with you. See you over and out. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 